Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Embellish Podcast, a podcast focused on product stories, product storytellers, interesting brand ambassadors, and any other tangent that I happen to come up with. Whether you're a bourbon fan, a geek, a casual observer, or someone just floating through the channel, you're sure to waste a few minutes listening to what I have to say, and I hope you find it interesting. Uh, if you got here by chance, please take a chance, take a moment to hit the subscribe button. I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. If you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com, and I'll get that taken care of. I also generally live stream the recording of these episodes on YouTube, usually on Wednesday night, but tonight we're doing it on Sunday, um, and I do it usually around 930. Um, you can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or Twitter with the same handle, TikTok, same thing. Not really sure what that platform's for, but we'll figure it out eventually. Uh, I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com, and that's, that's also a place to pick up these links, episode details, tasting notes, contact information. Today is Sunday, March the 6th. It is about 7.30, and tonight we're going to have um, Jack and... Hold on, I'm trying to get you guys added back in. Jack and Tim, I was it, it my, my mouse froze up on me for a second. Jack and Tim from um, their respective channels and from Monday Night Sucks. Um, I'll say this, the mere existence of a show called Monday Night Sucks with the two of you guys is a testament to the virtual community of spirits enthusiasts and the idea that you know brown spirits are better than clear ones. Um, you take two people who are completely geographically removed with incredibly different backgrounds, and you find a way to munge them together and create something that's really fun and exciting. Um, you know, that's that's where I've saw both of you guys from. And then I've seen you individually as just a human connection since then. I uh, appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Um, what are we drinking? That's, I saw you. I saw you sloshing something around there, Jack. Yeah, um, I started. I uh, started tonight, you know, when I'm. When I'm with friends, for me, I have to drink something that actually makes me happy. So it's the Booker's, the the Nana, Nana Batch, 2015, okay. release five, 100 and 128 proof. I think you're doing that just in case uh, Morgan from Female Whiskey Society oh has to show God. up so you can flex on her a little bit because she's got a <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, incredible I'm, I'm, I'm new, I knew she wasn't going to be here, so I'm, I'm happy <laughs> actually drink my bookers in peace right. in peace in peace we got jack or we got tim that's all you hold up. i'm on the uh redemption ride 10 year cash strings nice nice yes i'm having uh i'm having a single barrel you got? that that uh oh, that, that, that's okay. a, some, some some friends of mine might have picked up a little advertising here maybe <laughs> i mean it's the only it's only the right thing to do i mean i drink it because i like it but i'm also drinking it because you guys are here tonight because, because we're here yep so i got a, i got a quick question completely unrelated to anything we might talk about but in the news in the last couple of days barrel has kicked out their seagrass 20 plus year or whatever that's probably gonna be yeah. 500 bucks 20 year yeah and heaven hill has their 17 year coming out which one you go after if any heaven hill Kevin Hill, Kevin Hill. You know, because I'm a greedy bastard, probably both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like if all I have to do is look over your shoulder to understand that that's probably gonna be the answer. <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't disagree with that either. It's uh, it's one of those things where I tell myself it's it is it is important to just I, I me for me is always about just tasting it. And is the the fear in the whiskey industry now is that 
you either can buy it and enjoy it or somebody is just going to buy it and then try to sell it for millions of dollars. That's absolutely as simple as that. There are prospectors in these hills. They're trying to find a way to, to make something. And, you know, I, I, I will probably lean toward, I'm not going to buy the seagrass cause it's going to be $500. Like we all know it's, I mean, like the, 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 the 13 year was at two, two sixty. But to be fair, I think the heaven Hill is going to be around that same price to be honest. Right. Yeah. yeah that, Likely I won't buy either one, but the the seagrass I really liked, and I was I was thinking about it earlier this week because I was in Austin for work, and so I went by the um, Fang and Le- Fang and Feather, which is the Whiskey Tribe bar area, and they had a blend of what I think was a blend of like rum and rye. Okay, and man, it tasted an awful lot like seagrass. Like it tasted an awful lot like seagrass because you know there's finishing that rye in the Martinique rum barrels and whatever else goes in there. It's fantastic, and I really like that vibe. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. All right, so let's uh, what I what I'll get you guys to do is you got a uh, however long you want quick intro of who you are, so that way if there's somebody that comes and watches this later on, they have an idea, and we'll, we'll let Jack go first. Oh, I usually let Tim go first, but I will well, get Tim first on the next question. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jack Bigadu on, uh, on the whiskey community. I'm known as the Hood Sommelier. And what I do is I'm a spirit educator, uh, consultant. Uh, when I don't do that, I'm a father and I'm also on an insurance agency uh, that serves about uh, nine states. Um, love talking about whiskey. Um, and uh, Tim and I are partners on the show Monday Sucks. And, uh, um, you know, I just, I just come online and tell people how, you know, how I feel about whiskey and I hope they agree or disagree with me. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty spot on, uh, TVR. Everyone knows me around here as, as locally here in Louisville's TVR, but Tim Van Riper, uh, on social media, single barrel snob, uh, this industry is my life, man. I run a bar, uh, here in Louisville. And uh, it's it's everything I'm passionate about. Uh, educate, learn, teach. I guess that's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I, I mean, it's my, my end goal at the end of the day is make sure that you have the best thing in your glass, whatever it is, and you know what it's about. Um, I have a, a lovely wife and a almost four-year-old terrorist that is... Uh, currently ruling the house (laughs) i mean is there any other option like that's sort of what happens that's kind of how it goes and yeah yeah like jack said uh monday sucks he is uh the other half of the greatness yeah i you know i i there's very few mondays that i'll miss and this last week was one of them because you know i was traveling and that's how life goes but um both of you guys i think in my opinion, have been doing interesting things within the industry in different ways, in very, very different ways. You have you have Monday night or you have Monday sucks um, together, but then y'all both do things separately. And I think Tim, you just recently finished the executive steward uh, through Moonshine U, I think is what mm-hmm. it is. So, what's your next step? Like, if you can share, what's what's the next thing? Like, where's yeah? Where are you heading? Um, the next the next steps are to get my W set certifications, and then there's another. There's another certification that you can get through Moonshine University, so you can actually teach uh, bourbon steward classes. 
And um, that's, I think that's the route that I'm going to start going is, is I'm, you know, Jack and I are really big on education, even when it comes to Monday sucks or the stuff that we do on our own. And I think that's the space that I want to kind of move into and, and uh, live in and be in. It'd be great to be behind a brand and do it as well. But I think mm-hmm. I can cover just as much territory doing it freelance I could do it for a brand. Yeah. And just kind of to, to dovetail off that a little bit, the first like human interaction, that sounds weird, right? Because, you know, Monday Monday sucks is, is, a, is a platform where you guys talk and we watch. But the first like human interaction I had with you was with Snob School when you were doing the Heaven Hill. Um, and it's a thing that suits you. Uh, I think educating at that level, it suits both of you guys. Um, so same question for you, Jack, right? You've been working with Afrofusion. You've been doing, uh, making a whole lot of moves. It appears if I had to guess based off your activity, there's a lot of moves that you're making that no one sees yet that are going to be apparent in the next six to nine months. Um, what's the thing you can talk about that's coming up next? Um, mainly, I think, um, uh, this year, I want to make it a point to uh, to be more in sync uh, with the brand because the hardest thing is really brands knowing who you are, but not putting you in the bucket of an influencer because it kind of reduces your ability or your knowledge uh, when you walk on a market. So for me, it's a big deal uh, to meet with the brand themselves and build that genuine relationship with those brands. Another thing I want to make sure is that we offer more uh uh more of these uh, uh these single barrels uh that are specific to what i believe a good single barrel will be because these barrel picks are becoming not they are no longer unicorns they are becoming more of that thing to buy and everybody and their baby mama and their grandmas are making single barrels but i want to work with brands to be able to bring out projects with them that are things that people are almost close to something they'll release so specially just for a certain cause. And I think I'm the person that just knowing my background and you know what I what I like to see in a whiskey, want to work with brands directly to say, hey, you can offer all these barrels to people, but show me what you and I can drink together and agree on, right? So it makes it much more easier. Uh, for all my patrons, uh, some good news are coming as far as distribution of our single barrel. Had a great meeting last week, and it seemed like most of my patrons will now have access anywhere in America to be able to get their, those single barrel, their, get their hands on that, mm-hmm. and also uh, the ability for me to work with bigger brands to have access to barrels and really distribute that and show the world really what taste is going to be what taste should be right because uh, tim and i are very critical of good whiskey and i always tell people i mean i know all the whiskey but i know what a good whiskey tastes like and you know my palate is something that i want to be respected so for that reason this year is really about establishing that afrofusion is going to get bigger um hopefully fingers crossed i think we have we have it set april 2nd uh, Washington DC is going to be at for fusion, uh, found a beautiful, beautiful place that is willing to, to host it and get it done. And, uh, I've had a lot of feedback of people that, uh, want to see it in Houston, want to see it in Dallas, want to see it in, uh, in Nashville, 
want to see it in more places because they they believe in the idea uh personally beside that you know i'm i i'm trying my best to actually just truly enjoy the moment uh this year i'm focusing on more on the tasting side of things uh there's a few festival that i will i'll show up uh, a few whiskey fest that i want to show up at to really be one-on-one you know COVID is kind of disappearing or it's no longer the front news anymore so it's becoming it's going to become more easier to really you know not just talk about it but be about it and be part of the thing hardest thing always is always people believing in you and bringing you in really to actually say hey we believe in you we think you're going to be here kentucky you know bourbon festival you know whiskey x all around the united states those are the people i'm talking to to see can we come there and really represent what you're trying to do and and uh, you know highlight that for you so that's that's the work this year so you said something in there afrofusion in nashville if, if you get one queued up in nashville and you need somebody to go do things i'm, I'm only a couple hours down the road <laughs> just saying um, just saying um I think you, you touched on something in there. You were talking about um, everybody and their brother has a single barrel and, and that is absolutely the truth. And I don't know what you guys think about it, but my, I think my opinion on this is that um, single barrels become the answer to limited allocation of whiskey, right? You can find somebody that you identify your palate with. And once you've kind of hit that groove, anything that they're going to select as a single barrel can now become that unicorn search for you because now you have a limited allotment. There's only 230 bottles or so on a full-size barrel so you get that um inside track private club feel with something that's accessible yeah but it also limits your risk because like i trust both of y'all's palettes so i know if y'all put put out a single barrel not only is it going to be limited and it's something that not everybody's gonna have but i'm also gonna like it and i think that's sort of the the answer but wait, wait for the second release of that bottle you drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. I that heard one, that it might that be one, February. That one is, it is truly going to floor you because that was the one that we all kind of first agreed on, mm-hmm. but then turn around and say, Why is this so weird? And why are we all agreeing on it? So right. that one hopefully um people will have access to first. But again, it's 45 bottles, and that's how I want to keep it. Uh, I'm, you know, and I don't want to limit also our viewers to just one thing. I want to, I want to introduce them to whiskey, right, mm-hmm. as a whole. So, is it Scotch that we are doing? Is it, you know, is it um, single malt that we are doing? Is it American whiskey that we are doing? Mm-hmm. Or oh, hell, we even push it. You know, is it Armagnac that we are doing, right? Oh, we we are we say on Monday sucks that we are people lovers first and mm-hmm. spirit lovers second. Not whiskey, not bourbon, not tequila, not spirit lovers. So we are everywhere. Yeah, and it just seems that that whiskey lovers happen to be people lovers at the same time because it's a communal spirit. You know, most everybody that you know really really likes vodka just sort of hates the world because I mean, you, <laughs> you want to drink straight gasoline. But most of your color, your, your spirits with any degree of color to them, uh, unless you start getting and I, it, maybe it's not spirits, being like as wine people get a little snobby. But and, and coming from uh, you know wine culture, yes, wine people can get uh, wine 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 people. I think 
you know, is uh, is the connotation behind wine, especially mm -hmm. in the American culture. In other cultures, it's not that way, right? Because for me, wine was at the table every day. Right. Wine is a it's as much as you know an Evan William bottle and bond here, or you know a, a, a melcorn, right? A melcorn on your <laughs> on your table, right? Wine is the melcorn of Africa where I grew up because it's like you always find a cab uh, on somebody's table, so it's no is no big deal at all. But on the contrary, you know, yeah, when you when you bring that up in American culture. Mm -hmm. Wine have been placed in a pedestal that is almost hard to to pull that off to say, hey, this is made to be enjoyed, not to be turned into the uh, into the quote unquote fancy drink. Right. Right. And I think, you know, there there may be a lot of reasons for that, but I, I would suspect that a lot of people that are super into whiskey at this point. Uh, at one point in time, we're probably into wine uh, because, you know, whiskey didn't matter until about 2002 or so. Uh, before that, there was a huge push towards beer and wine. I mean, the the movie that started making me think about food and beverage differently it was Sideways. And I'm, I'm quite sure you've seen it. You guys have seen it. Paul Giamatti <laughs> talking about Pinot Noir grapes. Like, that's an attachment to food and, and, and beverages that most people don't have, but I related to. And I would suspect a lot of at least some of the whiskey people I've talked to, that's sort of where they came from. And then when whiskey became popular again in the United States, everybody's like, oh, sweet. Now it doesn't have to be about grapes. It can be about, you know, this 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 corn-based liquor that, I mean, reality corn doesn't come from the United States anyways, but or corn liquor doesn't come here. Neither here nor there. All right. I'm going to go off on a tangent if I don't watch myself a little bit. In there. <laughs> um, think, what, what's next? What do I want to ask next? All right, here's one. Um, so both of you guys have a unique position of having participated in the world's top whiskey taster from separate years. Have y'all talked about the difference between like have y'all had the moment to sit down and be like, this is what he experienced, this is what I experienced, and uh, kind of had that conversation, or are you just like once the experience is over, I'm I'm done with that. I don't want to talk think, about it. I think we did a little bit, um, but I don't I don't I can, I can say we definitely didn't get a chance to like actually sit down and like dissect it and see what was different. Um, I actually was with um, Mike and Matt, who are the, the winners from the last two years. They came into the bar um, this last week because they were here. They're here the following day to blend their their single barrel or their pick or whatever, however it's going to work. Yep. And kind of kind of got to bounce things off both of them and, and hear how things were different. But uh, it's 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 crazy how vastly different they were if you just look at it because you had 100 percent virtual well let's say like 98 percent virtual because the last of it was was in person, in person. Right. but you know you had mostly virtual and then the one jack was in was all in person in for person. every for, for all of them yeah it's uh so i i like the idea I like what it stands for. I knew, you know, a little bit of what you expect. Mm -hmm. But there's two critiques that I had from the experience. One was I truly did want people in the whiskey industry to be to be part of it. I really did not just want people that just wanted to participate to part. I know it sounds like you were discriminating, but no. 
because I really just wanted people in the whiskey industry to actually be part of it. Regardless of what your level is, influencer or, you know, educator or whatever it is that you actually own, for me, that's what I wanted because maybe I'm still a little salty, but the person that actually beat me in Chicago, which we are the last two, yep. is a food scientist. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a she's a woman, which women have better palate than men anyway. But she's evolutionary. So she went very technical about this. But yet, when he came to the final show, she bummed it real well because it was really more about whiskey than mm-hmm. about knowing the specifics, right? So I felt like she robbed that chance away from me because actually yeah. I'm about whiskey. The- yeah, I can see that. And it, and it felt like that for at least both of the years. It felt like the first round was not nearly as technical as the second round. And maybe that's part of it is like, you know, they right. want to make it as open in the first round as, as, as absolutely possible. The, uh, the I mean to cut you thing, off there. Yeah. The other, the other critique that I have is I didn't want it. When we say word whiskey taster, I just don't want to walk in and know already which whiskey is going to be there. It's going to be bourbon or rye. Mm-hmm. What, what I was expecting is to walk in truly with whiskey because if you say you were a world whiskey taster and there's a lot of other things to somewhere consider. i'll be honest and i say i have no respect for these winners and this is my personal opinion i have no respect for them is that i'm expecting you to throw a curve in as irish whiskey mm-hmm. i'm expecting you to throw a curve in like single malt i'm expecting you to throw a curve in like japanese whiskey because I went in and I participated. If I knew it's going to be the worst, uh, the world bourbon taster, I'll be like, good for y'all. I'm out. Right. But it's kind of like, in, it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, here in the United States, we have the World Series of Baseball. Yeah, but there's all no the teams are from, North, are from the United States. Like, I know we got Montreal right. in there, maybe. So but. For me, for me, it's something that really mm. didn't sit right with me because. I went in in a mindset of someone who does not discriminate when it comes to whiskey. Right. So I honestly will tell you right now, from Scotland to Ireland to India to Taiwan to to America itself, I I try whiskey from everywhere because I truly believe in the whiskey religion. Sure. So if I'm gonna walk in and go, I'm a world whiskey taster. I'm expecting myself to actually say Japanese whiskey, Irish whiskey, single malt from Scotland, maybe even from from Isla, uh, uh, you know, uh, Highlands or anywhere. Uh, yeah, this is from Taiwan. This is just because you know whiskey. Yep. So that's my, you know, little it's a real myopic view of whiskey to, to, yeah. to call that the. And I, like, I know it's at least I feel like the first year it was just something they sort of tossed out there as a marketing idea. And then the success of it was like, well, shit, we got to do this again, but kind of keep the, the same thing going. But to call it world, and even if you just back it up to just world corn whiskey, you still have you know, Mexico, you have uh, France, you have Israel, you have all these other countries that are making corn-based liquor as well that aren't represented in it. But, you know, I think everybody's going to continue it. Are you are you gonna are you allowed to try again next year? Are you going to try again next year? One hundred percent. So it is, you know, it, it for me is a maybe. 
he was nice to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I see it is that it's an avenue to work with Brent. And I, I'm, I may be very controversial right now. It is an avenue to work with the brand. Right. But I'd rather take an authentic idea and bring to the brand to work with. Because yeah. mm. I truly believe in my ability to create something new. Mm. Not based on anything, but create something new enough for the market, for the brand to go, oh, maybe we'll work on this project with you. Mm-hmm. So. Do, do you think that something like this gives you yourself the foot in the door to have that conversation, whereas you might not otherwise, which I mean, both of you guys are carrying significant followings in social media, right? So you have to kind of, you, you may be able to get someone's attention better than, you know, a, a much smaller platform, you know, but does, does this, or do they just look at it? Like you're the winner of this contest, come in, you know, collect your, your party that we're going to have in a parking lot, blend your whiskey and show up for a couple of promotional events for us. And then it's over. And and that's not a criticism of it, but that's the, the, the I'd, point. I'd say it's kind of twofold. I, I would say it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the content that Jack and I have created because of Monday sucks. Like we've gotten the attention of brands. Like mm-hmm. they, there's definitely some sort of an understanding. We're like, shit, we're going to go on the show, show and we're, they're going to give us true critique and there's not going to be any fluff or any bullshit behind it. Right. And, and because of that, Jack and I have gotten some really great opportunities and, and gotten to do some really cool things. Um, uh, the being this is okay. This is my, my take on it as far as being on being on that competition. I think there's some pull to it, but not, not, I don't think it's, it's a lot. I think it's like, Oh, it's like a, like a, a nod. You're like, Oh, okay. What do you think? No, but, I mean, it is an opportunity, right? Oh, because sure. if you use your opportunity the right way, obviously it'll work. The proof is ADHD, uh, uh you know um bourbon right he won obviously so when you know now that he's the winner he used that now to say hey i'm the world whiskey taster so you know mm-hmm. come to my channel to watch me taste a whiskey or i can get you this so he's using that opportunity to grow his channel obviously growing your channel mean you get more income which means that more brands are coming in when he started his channel he wasn't sponsored by any company now alex bradley sponsor channel so it is an opportunity right i i feel like everybody just have to maximize the opportunity you know i made afrofusion with, with heaven hill it is an opportunity now i can actually go to another brand and say i have an idea that i own right mm-hmm. so every one of these things are an opportunity to make uh to create that door for you to actually just push whatever agenda you have i'm never gonna be you know mad I'm never, I'm never gonna have that weediness or the way he handled whiskey, but right. Matt also can never do what I do. Right, and so, and it's not that one one is necessarily better or worse than the other. They're just different. They, and right. you know, I've always looked at it, at least in, in 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 the business world for me, everyone's a resource if you're willing to look at them as such, and not even people you dislike. Right, you may dislike a person, but they could still potentially be a resource. That sounds very absolutely. like utilitarian or capitalistic or whatever, but I mean, they're put on a path for us to use or not use. It's, it's sort of up to right. us to kind of figure those things out. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great way to look at it is that, yeah, it's Jack, you nailed it. Like you can't do what he's doing. He can't do what you're doing, but we're still, 
you know, all kind of on the same avenue because we all we all bring different things to the table. There's yeah. space for everybody. That's the, absolutely that's yeah. that's one thing that I've that's one thing that some lose aspect of or lose yep. you know vision of is that oh you know they're doing x y and z and blah 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 and i can do it better and it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter right because i mean here here's a great example jack's in a space that i can never be in because i'm white i can't right. go do afrofusion <laughs> i think that's a fucking great idea i mean i'm gonna say this and i'm not I think white America would probably accept it, but it wouldn't be genuine or legitimate, right? No, like, no. Like you no. could, but you shouldn't. Sure. I, I, no. told, I told my mom last night, I was like, I could drive all the way to town using my knees to steer my steering wheel. doesn't mean I should do it, right? Sure. Like you could do it and people would probably accept it, but it's the wrong thing. And I get what you're getting at there. You know, it's we, we lose. I, I have done this myself before I lose sight of the idea that a rising tide lifts all ships. Right. And you see someone that has success and you're like, well, I think I could do what they're doing better, you know? And, and if that's your sole motivating factor, you're probably not going to find a high degree of satisfaction. You know, I, I don't, I don't generally compare what I do on this to anyone else because this is just something that I do for fun. Like this is sure. a, a side project for me. It was like, you know, I talk about these things to people I work with on a regular basis and they just want me to stop talking to them. And they're like, Hey, you should go talk to other people about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And now I'll go talk to myself in a room you know, and, and, and record it and let people listen to it, which is real. Like, it's egotistical to think people would want to, but it's rewarding when they do. Agreed. Know. Agreed. Yeah. And it seems like, uh, Matt, is trying to leak something here because he came in the chat and he was like, you know, it's bring an idea to a brand. It's about long-term relationships. And I just kind of tongue in cheek was like, better watch out. Now you're going to be the recipient of it. His immediate response. We're already working on a project. So yeah. I don't know. This man's trying to leak stuff. <laughs> we are because when I had my meeting, Matt was the first person I called. I said, I said, Matt, uh, due to your new position, uh, we are need. We need to set up a meeting to actually have a conversation, and uh, he agrees. So, See, so I was out of town last week, and I was not paying attention to social media at all because it was work. And I realized when I got on the airplane Thursday morning that Matt was going between San Antonio and Dallas, and Austin yep. sits right in the middle of that. Like I was within thirty or forty. I could have like been like, "Hey, let's go hang out and have a drink." Because- <laughs> That's Matt, and he would have been. I'm like, now I feel like a terrible person. If I'd have been paying attention, I'd have known he was there. But there's always next time. Um, Matt, call me back, man. Uh, hey, yeah, call him back. Uh, so you did a you did an Afrofusion at Jack. You did an Afrofusion at the end of Kentucky Bourbon Festival last year. You gonna try to repeat that this year? Um, it, no. So it it will not. I will be honest with you. If I have to, I'd rather do Let's something. Get... What? I was just going to say, I thought we were going to get real for a second. About yeah. Kentucky people. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I will be honest and tell oh, you. Real. Uh, this, no, I, bad, I, had, I had a bad taste in my mouth from Louisville. I would say Louisville. Mm-hmm. I say Kentucky. I would say Louisville. It seems like the population level is not embracing of things that are different so they people can can be nice to you to your face 
but truly now i understand when people say southern nice <laughs> welcome to the pseudo south and you gotta it, it's very my experience with kentucky living here most of my life is it's very tribalistic Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you were a local to Louisville, you might have been treated entirely differently correct. than being a person from Nebraska or absolutely, from, you know, absolutely. Else. And you know, a lot of people in the whiskey industry disappoint me like that because they truly do follow the stereotype, mm-hmm. right? The follow that stereotype, and it's very sad. It's very very sad because one of the things or one of the decisions I had to make in 2022. Is to decide who I'm willing to work with and who I'm waiting to tell, fuck you, I'm never going to work with you. Based on the fact that if there's one thing, if there's one thing, my dad, my dad, and my dad is not the favorite person in the world, my favorite person in the world, but there's one thing he always told me. He said, the beggar always have the longer hand done the giver right was that's wisdom from my wisdom for, i was gonna say go ahead and hashtag that right there you got this week's content you're good the beggar has the longer hand mm-hmm. than the giver meaning if you need something you'll be the one who have to do all the round there's people that literally irk like my dna hurt when i see them in a sense that to those people i walked in I would say, here I am. I would love to work with you. I would love to do something with you. You know, I'm doing Afrofusion. Would you come? And I will be honest and tell you, they show their ass. They they lowly show their ass. And for that reason, if I'm going to do something or if there's something I'm actually going to do, I can do something in, in the Louisville or or anything but it will be more of a more on the population level than you know focusing on the whiskey community right the minority community or anybody that's trying to come i mean hell you you particularly you couldn't even come to two or three or four two of my event but you made sure to tell me hey dude i bought a ticket it's just gonna be a burn ticket but i bought a ticket to be there yeah we, we intended to be there but it just correct, correct. life gets in the and, way and sometimes and i felt like and that, I that was going to be my next comment like and some people said they were going to show up and then they didn't because they're worthless <laughs> and 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 some people actually send me a message <clears throat> and say hey dude i've been following you for a while i appreciate what you're doing i can't make it what can i do to help right because i tell people all the time showing support to your fellow man has nothing to do right has nothing to do with your ability to actually, you know, conjure something amazing. It's just showing that you give a shit. It's literally saying, hey, I'm here. I can do this. Or I'm going to do this for you to tell you that maybe I cannot support you immediately, but I can be there for you. Yeah. That's, There's different ways to show up for people. There's lots of different ways right. to show up for people. So there's a lot of there's a lot of places that I will tell you right now. I will do an event in Kentucky. I have a couple things in the works right now that I'm gonna work on in Kentucky. But I will tell you right now, it's open to the masses. It has it is not particularly focused around Afrofusion. Uh I think maybe next door to Indiana, maybe the next one, because mm-hmm. of the population, the demographic. 
right. and more of the immigrant population there compared to uh, Louisville. I was, you know, Louisville was great as an event because all my friends were there. I felt loved by all my friends that were there, but outsider were not there. And Which it, out of the immediate sphere of influence. Yeah, it really said clearly, you know, Louisville sent their message. Mm-hmm. We don't give a shit about immigrant shit or maybe black people shit. I don't know. But yeah, no, that, our yeah. friends were there, right? I would probably lean towards the ladder, and I don't know how Tim feels about that. But I, I can, I can, you know what? I can tell you this: it's not, it's not just immigrant; it's, it's outsider. I mean, I've been dealing with this the whole almost six years that I've been here. It's been the biggest fucking struggle for me because I'm not from here. I'm from the West Coast, you know, and that makes it even why, worse. Yeah, the thing worse than should, Northern is West Coast, right? Why should we fucking live? Listen to you? Why should we give you a chance? You're not. You're not with our people. You're not from here. You're not, you don't know what the fuck's going on here. And it's like, fuck, it's gotten, it's gotten a little bit better in the last year or so, but it's still a fucking struggle. There's still people that I've tried to vibe with that I've just given up on a hundred percent because I was like, you're fake as fuck. Mm -hmm. You shake my hand and say hi. And Oh, Hey man, we should blah, 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 blah. And then when I show up, you don't fucking show up. So why? Why? Why am I gonna? Why am I gonna lose sleep and and stress out about this shit when you don't give a shit? You just mm-hmm. want to. You just want to play the pretend game and look fucking okay and look cool or look pit- politically correct. Fuck you. Nah, man. I'm done. Jack. Jack has it right, dude. Jack fucking nailed it. Yep. I. I. I will tell you this. I was angry being at his event to support him and that there's people that we've hung out him and I and vibed with in this town and they didn't fucking show up. They didn't, they didn't send a fucking message. They, they didn't, didn't say, they didn't, Hey they man, didn't they didn't even, fuck you, dude. I'm done. I'm fucking right. done. You know, you give people enough time and, uh, and enough ability and they'll eventually show you exactly who they are and what they're about. And that's sometimes great. And sometimes really, really disappointing. And when it's, it's, it's a it double-edged so harder. It's a double-edged sword. This is a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because you can see who your real friends are, and then you, yeah, right away, right away, instantly, right away. instantly. I will say that I'm absolutely stealing that. When I see certain people, it makes my DNA hurt. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, Matt put it in the chat. He was like, "My <laughs> DNA hurts." You know, like that's that's. Like it's going, I, I keep post-it notes of things that people say like on my computer. So I know to reuse them whenever I'm having meetings for work. Cause I do a lot of zoom meetings is going right here. That's what I'm, I'm writing on this <laughs> stick it right here. I'm going to use it again. I got somebody specific. I can point this at. Uh, that sounds really terrible. Doesn't it? But it's, it's because truly what people don't understand is also knowing the type of person you deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I would tell you right now, it's hard for me. You know, sometimes I get busy. Obviously, I'm a, you know, I'm a father. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm I run a business and I also have hood somebody. Sometimes it's hard for me to really dedicate attention to just one person. Yep. But I make it, I make an effort always, right? So I, some, you may ask somebody and they like, right now I have like a box of my, I call it my shame box. It's people that send me stuff that ask me to, review it as a favor mm-hmm. now them fuckers don't pay me 
So it's not my job, but right. I want to actually do, I want to be nice and help, but right. I just don't have the time because obviously I have my own agenda. Right. But I try my best to not be that guy in more sense. I'm, I'm fair to everyone. And I have a no thank you bite when it comes to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. You approach me, I'll give you a chance. The chance to say, no, thank you, I'm good. I'll take one bite to whatever it is that you have offering. And I'll, I will tell you. It's when someone asked me one time, he said, why are you so angry? When I say my DNA hurt, why are you so angry when, you know, these brands or or these people on YouTube don't get back to you. I said, because these so-called big YouTube channels never ask themselves the question, what will have happened if no one gave us a chance when we were at this guy's position? Right. Right? Yeah. None and, of and some channels are open to it and some channels are just I was floored. I was floored. I I'm, I'm, maybe this cast train is bringing the truth, but I was floored when when people that I think were too busy were were the first one to respond, right? But on mm -hmm. the opposite way, the people that are are obviously just people that you're like, oh, I I know who you are. I've been following you for a while. I'm gonna message you, and they go. They either ghost you, don't answer you, or turn around and say, I'll get back to you, but never do, right? Mm -hmm. Just to almost like a hush, hush, shut up. But then you see the same people saying, I'm collaborating with this because most people are just selfishly chasing their own kind. Yep. That's all. Yep. They don't give a shit about anybody. They don't give a shit about... That's why I tell some of these people that go and support some of these YouTube channels, the Whiskey Channel, I laugh. I'm like, they really don't give a shit about you. Right. If it's not going to bring them clout, they don't give a shit. So that's why I'm usually, you know, my YouTube channel is not the biggest one. But if I tell you how many requests, like people that don't know me but follow me, how many times I go into my request, you know, requested message every morning to see all the people that I don't follow that send me message just to answer them. I got somebody who asked me, what, what does ABV mean? You know? <laughs> and that was Saturday while my daughter, you know, my daughter was already on, getting on my nerves. But guess what? I took a moment and I went, you know what? I may be the only person. I may be the only person that that is, you know, that that he may be courageous enough to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna take a moment and that. But all these brands, including Matt himself there, he only he only collaborate with the people that are big enough like him. Mm -hmm. But somebody like mashing, you know, mashing drums, he didn't have any problem to say, dude, I will tell you right now, I just saw your email mm -hmm. and for some reason, I was just clearing my spam and I saw this email and I just thought I would DM you right now. Like, dude, what do you want? What do we want to talk about? I know you like scotch. You want to come and kick it? 
Right. And I asked Mash and Drum, I said, hey, you are so big. Why did you even care about me? And it's like, I remember what it is like to be at your position. Right. I'm I'm bigger than you on YouTube, but you're bigger than me on Instagram. Right. I do better than you on this, but I respect who you are. And that's what most people don't understand in this biz is respect me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if you don't even like me, but respect me. Right. And by showing respect is saying, hey, you need a minute. I'll give you a minute to come say whatever you need to say. But if there is this claustrophobic of, oh, I'm big enough and you're big enough and we're the only one that keep doing it, you guys just look like gatekeepers. And I posted something one day about gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we are the only big one that's going to stay there. But guess what? It takes one thing to happen for now that person to be on top. And now you want to collaborate with that person. And guess what? People remember things, you know, spite has a very long memory. And and I know because I live in spite with a very select few people. Uh, there's a few people that are on a list. Um, and, and you touched on something in there and you were talking about people that support YouTube channels. And I've, I've never looked at it that way. Like you were talking about, you know, supporting somebody that doesn't, really care about you i've always looked at and and it's an interesting perspective i'm gonna kind of keep that in 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 my mind going forward but i've always looked at it as i will support youtube or podcasters that they've created content that i'm interested in doing and i go back to it for more than three consecutive months right if i'm coming back to you over and over and over again you're putting out a product whether i think you care about me or not um, but you're putting out a product that i enjoy I don't pay for cable. I don't pay for this. I don't pay for that. So this is basically my cable bill for a YouTube channel or whatever. Um, but there is there there is a thing to to think about in there. Is you know like I've been at the beginning of the year. You know I say I'm gonna start this podcast. And at the end of the year, that's when I want to start inviting people on to have a conversation because I want to figure out my own shit and like what I'm trying to do here. Um, but the ultimate goal was: can I have conversations with people that I find that are interesting? Right. And so I sent out messages to you guys and a handful of other people and almost everyone came back with an immediate yes. And then I was like, well, shit, now I got to get them all scheduled in the next three months. Right. Like, do you, do you, John, do you know why people say yes? I hadn't put a ton of thought into it, but the people that I, the people that I've talked to so far, most of them seem genuine enough that they're just interested in having a talk with people. That's not true. Okay. Well, you know why people say yes. Hmm. Go ahead. You, sir, are probably the most caring and supportive person online. I will tell you one thing. There's a select few people that can claim that they came to my basement. <laughs> Look, I got yelled at for that. And you're a crazy human being. Like, I will legitimately say you are a crazy human being. But, but guess so- what? Why do you think when you told me you were coming to town, I'm the first person that said, hey, you are in Omaha? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, come to the house. And he's like, what? Come to the house. Because you are one of these people. I can genuinely tell people, out of people that I've never met before, you come on Monday sucks. When I open a Patreon, you're the first person to sign up. I was second. I was second. 
Oh, yeah, Tim was first. Tim, Tim was first. Was first. <laughs> Tim, was first. Yeah, Tim doesn't count. Tim is my yeah. brother. He doesn't count. I'm talking about people I don't know. You're the first, you're the first person to sign up. When I do something, your message is always the same. Hey, bud, what do you need help with? You support without quiproquo. You don't mm -hmm. care. You are you are somebody that I want to support. So you jump behind it. And where I'm from, as the African in me, for me, that's family. Mm -hmm. That's not a friend. That's not a supporter. That's family. When someone jump in every time you're doing something, even blindly, in the simple hope that they like what your intention or your spirit is, and they are going to support you and don't care, you know what I'm saying? That is what you call family. So for that reason, when you ask, you are probably one of the the people that people will say will not say no to, because even if it's five minutes, even if it's three minutes, you will jump in and do this. Well, I, I appreciate the, the 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 kind words there, but you 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 mentioned it. Some people kind of get wrapped up in size. And the only person that I had that turned me down, and it wasn't even a legitimate turn down, is like my moonshot was Fawn Weaver. I'm like, I want to talk to Fawn Weaver because like, <laughs> she's the best product storyteller in the whiskey game right now, period. And yeah. like, I've listened to enough podcasts. I've read enough of her stuff that I'm like, I this is, there's her and one other person. I'm not going to say that one out loud uh, <laughs> because I haven't sent that, that message out yet. But um, she passed me off to the executive assistant. They can't get anything done in the next six months. And I get that because she's an yeah. incredibly busy, like she's getting up and doing yoga at five in the morning and then yeah. having business meetings for 12 hours a day. I get that. You know, that, me, that was not me, even. Let, let me, let me put it this way to you. I shot for fun. Weaver. I settled for Victoria. Oh yeah. No, no, no. That, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that, but <laughs> that's well, literally. And, and, and I walked to the distillery myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah no for sure and that I, I i lucked out because um david levine from whiskey my wedding ring which is another podcast um he and i kind of go back and forth and he's like hey we're having this event with fawn weaver and clay rising about the book that he was writing you know and it's a it's going to be like a live stream but then there's going to be a private tasting afterwards yeah or a private private q a afterwards with fawn and, and the team and i'm like absolutely get me on the list you know and yeah. i got my opportunity to ask her one question and so i'm sort of satisfied in that but i i, I it's, it's like a junkie you just want more you just want more and more and more and more no and she's she, literally, she literally sent me a message and said and said i don't have time i appreciate you want to talk to me i will just i will get back to you whenever i have time and I said, can I steal a Sunday that you share with Keith? I want an hour out of it. You say, Keith, don't even get the whole Sunday. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, I guess maybe if you watch social media long enough, you might be figuring out where she's having brunch and try to meet her. In yes. But that's probably a level that you end up on a uh, EPO. Or on a watch list. Anymore. Yeah. She's like, nope, you're not allowed around me anymore. But like, it was enough that I brought my children. I have two daughters. I brought them up here and I said, I want you to stand here and watch this woman speak for you know, just five or 10 minutes because it's not too often that you get to see number one, a woman, but a woman who's also a person of color in a position like that. Yeah. And I absolutely want my children experiencing that. Right. And so I want to have the conversation so I can be like, yeah, I talked to this 
what I think is an incredible human being. And I want you to guys to experience it because most everything that I do that's whiskey related, my children listen to it, you know, because we're not. And, and, and he takes he takes a special type of person to think that way. It does take a special type of person to think that way. I wish it wasn't a special type of person to think that way because that's just the way people should think. That's 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 my life as I know it. It does take a right. special type of person to to think that way, to really just wanted to want to think and and say, hey, my daughters need to know about this because in so many times in the whiskey industry is uh, you hear people tell you about stuff mm-hmm. but will never actually follow up with what they do but also people look at people a certain way mm-hmm. and they don't think about it it's not it's not being racist or anything it's just they don't think of it this way because it doesn't make sense because those girls are like oh that girl doesn't look like me mm-hmm. so why is it that you want me to actually listen to her yeah. versus that's another woman that is doing something so great that you should be and, and the fact that I have to like bring them up to point it out because it is a rare thing that's that bo- that bothers me immensely, but I also want them to know that this can be a normal thing in the future. You know, they're, they're they're part of that change. My generation is probably not going to be it. And maybe close to Tim's generation. I think you're a little bit younger than me there. Um, let me see. Like I've got other questions. So we're we're pushing on an hour here. You guys. I will stay as long as you want to, but when you I'm, need to go, you need to go. I'm, 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 I'm taking good. time from your family. I'm, I'm good sure. to grind. I'm you good to grind. Okay. You get to the point, let me know. All right, so Tim, you mentioned this, and Jack, you're not allowed to answer this question. Uh, so earlier, you said next for you is is, is WSET. What is that? For, for, for my uninitiated, uneducated individuals, the reason Jack can't explain <laughs> is because I know he knows, but Tim brought it up first. Uh, it's just another, it's another certification. It shows, you know, what you, you know, your shit. Um, Mm -hmm. Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first two are directed towards spirits. And when you get into the third set, it's more wine. No. So every, 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 everyone have a third set that is a either spirit or wine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's some there's some positions and some jobs that I've been looking at, and they won't even they won't even talk to you unless you're W said two certified. So, um, you know, just it's it's making sure you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a certification to prove what you already knew. It's like when when you said you were going to go do executive bourbon steward, I'm like, well, it's like Morgan and Ian. They went and did the the certified bourbon steward, which I did that myself. And they're like, we're going to do this. We got to study. And I'm like, you don't need to study. Like you already know all the things that are in that. Just like you already knew all the things that were in the executive portion. It's just validating the thing, you know, telling people I do know this. I was literally stressing out about it because I knew it was a pass fail kind of thing. Right. And like talk to people that already did it. And they're like, why are we even having this conversation? You already know all this shit. Like it was so. Because you've got too like, much humility. Because because you've got too much. Like, well, maybe no, 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 no. Come on, man. Whatever. But but like clicking through the exam, like it was like click, 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 yeah. click, click, and I got to the end and I was like, I think I fucked up. <laughs> like 
I got to the end and second guessed myself and I said, nope, fuck it. Like, don't submit, do that. Submit. Yep. And I got fucking 98%. I missed one question and it was about, it was either about Irish whiskey or scotch. Yeah, who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> but like, right. You know, and I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, fuck, I already knew this shit. Like, but what, but my, my question, so this is, but why were you dumbfounded? Like, this is what you do day in and day out. Like, why, why, why are you dumbfounded? I don't know. That's, I think that's a, I think that's a, a whole nother conversation for another time. But like, <laughs> <laughs> there's some therapy involved in answering that question. I understand what you're getting at, but this is more of a, and I think Jack's probably in the same place. Like he probably thought the same thing. Like what this is, you're going to be done with this in 20 minutes. You may be the first or second person done. Correct. Go on, man. So I did, uh, uh, John, I did respond to you. Okay. And um, you were asking if I want to address a math question. And so I'm going to read something just so people don't think that I'm the angry black man. Just come oh, in. I did, yeah, I, I didn't think that you were, but I also didn't know if you just wanted to, to roll past it, address it another day uh, or whatever. And I'm not, I didn't want to call it out. December 2nd, 2020. Congratulations. April 20th, 20, uh, 2021. Hey, bud, how are you? Pretty darn good. How are you? I'm good. I want to collaborate with you if you are willing. I was thinking I can get Hood Sommelier. Uh, I can get, I can, uh, can I get Hood Sommelier to turn you into a malt lover, a single malt lover? I said, my English is not so well. My idea is to get you samples of single malt. You will do, uh, we'll do a show where I teach you about them and see if you will love them. Um, I'm terrible at writing and, but if you have time, we can chat. This is, this is April 20th, April 20th, 2020. I can give you a call tomorrow sometime mm -hmm. from April all the way to December, 2021. Hey brother, hope you're doing hell. We hope you're doing well. I want to circle back uh, about our conversation. It's been almost six months, uh, nine months, and I never heard back from you. That's the conversation. Fair. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Um, That's so. This is this is literally my where I stand. That's my truth. Mm -hmm. That's literally it. So. Anybody can do of that what they believe, but that is a conversation sitting right now on my Instagram. That's literally where it is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where it is. So the, the proof is but, in the pudding. Yeah. The proof is in the poor. Is that what the correct? The, 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 the proof is in the pudding or in the poor <laughs> here. But this is literally this. Mm -hmm. This is not me making anything up. This is conversation that's sitting right. there. This is literally what it is. But I multiple time jumped on to go home. Oh, let me see what my brother is doing. I, you know, I love what he does. I congratulate him. He seemed to only drink bourbon. I would love for him to explore something new. 
I'm Scotch certified. I'm single malt right. certified. This will be the opportunity to actually get him out of his, you know, his comfort zone, collaborate together to see what we can do together. Yeah. Probably and, and it, multiple, it, 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 multiple, multiple, multiple live stream after that. Uh, hundreds of live stream after that. Mm -hmm. No call, no email, no return of message or anything. And that's, you know, you, everybody has a, has a different experience out there and one doesn't ever negate the other. Um, but the, the, the converse of that is that, um, at my size and at what I'm doing, I had reached out to the same you know, Matt, I'd reached out to him in January with an idea of a thing that I was wanting to do. And you, you guys were a part of that as well. I'd sent y'all a message and y'all were on board or whatever. And I got a response back like, yeah, I would love to participate in this. Um, but who knows what the reason is, the why of it? Um, I try not to question because I, I try not to question it because somewhere I'm like, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't just yeah. meant to be. So yeah. somewhere is like, you, I can. It's probably because you I've said done, Scott. Yeah, you I've know, done nah. my part. You can be, you can be on my way, mm -hmm. or I can just stay out of your way. Right. So for me, it's always I'm just gonna stay out of your way mm -hmm. because obviously I'm not. I'm not your cup of tea. Right. If you was interesting, you will you will move on with it, which is fine, because this industry we all have different type of talent. So yeah, I yeah, uh, it, it, it's it, different abilities lead to, to different things there, um, which kind of puts us all in this same space. And you know, Matt Bourbon Jeeper Matt um, said size matters zero, uh, and you know I've heard that before, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I believe, I don't know if I believe that. Um, Fuck. It was Yoda, guys. Come on. <laughs> it was definitely not. It was definitely not somebody besides. Anyways, um, but it puts us all in the same sphere. And and you mentioned this earlier, Jack. You said um, the 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 dreaded phrase of influencer. Yeah. Right? Um, you, Chris Blattner and I went back and forth, not in a bad way, just like chatting back and forth on Instagram um, about that title because he was having some. Um, people that were pushing back against the name and the title and the concept back in November, December. And we went back and forth over it. Like, what is your immediate negative connotation for either one of you guys for the idea of influencer or is it even negative? It depends on, it depends on your market and your avenue. You know, I mean, I would say, um, and Jack can go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong for this, but for, for the avenue that we're in and, and wanting to be, educators and influence this market not as an influencer but as somebody who genuinely gives a shit about what you're drinking like that term influencer sucks dude that's not like i'm not i i just want you to have a fucking good time and and you grow and learn as as i grow and learn mm -hmm. so to put me in the bubble and say oh you're an influencer the fuck i am i give a shit about what i'm talking about i'm not doing right. this for clout I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for fame. This is my profession. This is what I do for a living. Right. This is, but, I want, I want it. I want, I want this industry to grow and get as big as, as it can and right. get as many people involved as, as, as it can. It, it's one of the reasons why I'm so careful about when I don't like something, why I don't like it. And if, if, if me not liking it 
comes off too strong where it's going to turn somebody else off. I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, yes, it's this and it's that it's not something that I go for, but these are the things that are, these are the things that are a part of that thing. And these are the reasons why you might like it. And if you love it, cool. Let's talk about that. And let's find some more cool things that you might like. So influencer, nah, man, I hate that. I hate that term. You hate the term because of the way it can be viewed by people. But I would challenge this is that, you know, over the, like you, you're talking about being an educator, which you absolutely are. And you want to, to, to grow things. If you were to look at, you know, just break it down and take off the E on the end of it and just make it influence. Like of the people who have had the greatest impact and influence in your life, how many of them have taught you something, have brought you, helped you grow, helped you do those things. And that was sort of the, the place that Chris was coming from because yeah, I have a negative connotation for that term as well because of how easily it's tossed around and how it is also people who are for sale and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but if you break it down to its core definition, some of the most influential people in my life are people who have educated me on something or helped help grow me in some some type of way. Um, if you can't use the term influencer, you're not really just an educator either, right? Because you're not just stopping at teaching. You're doing much, much more than that. Like, what is it? What, what's the term now? Sure. Um, uh, but oh, go ahead. Sorry. I don't, I don't, I want, because I, I'm super curious about how you're going to. No, I, I remember two years ago, I was in a meeting and the person said, oh, we give money and help these influencers. Uh, to actually talk to us, and once COVID hit, no one actually even even asked how things were going. They were just so eager to get their checks. So we really don't do the whole influencer thing. And I said, I understand, but I'm not an influencer. I'm an educator, right? right. And um, is be is it because Freddie No is online that he's now a whiskey influencer? No. Right. Is it because uh, uh, what do you call her? Um, uh, is it because uh, uh, Connor Drixel from Heaven Hill is online now that he means that he's, mm -hmm. you know, Rachel Berry? Is it because Rachel Berry is online now that she's a whiskey influencer? No. Right. They'll call him master distiller, head, you know, head this, right. head that. And the one thing is the connotation to it is because well, a friend of mine actually said this one time. She said, and this person worked for a distribution, you know, a liquor distribution company. She said, what pissed me off the most is me reading someone posting something online on their Instagram because they take amazing photo and copy and paste tasting note from a bottle or website and posting on their Instagram. And all of a sudden now they're a whiskey expert, right? And that's the reason why I always tell people that if you feel like an imposter, you probably are. Mm -hmm. Now, having an imposter syndrome when it comes to a few things makes sense. Why? Because you just don't, you're not comfortable. Right. But when people ask me what I do in a whiskey industry, like I said, I, I'm an educator. The little that I know, I pass it along. Right. I pass it along. Right. Uh, Jeeper is choosing violence over here in <laughs> the chat. Um, but uh, we've got a hold on. Matt Matt commented. Matt uh, yep. ADHD. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> when, uh, what do you call it? When uh, 
when when I uh, what do you call it when when these these people are coming online, like I don't want to call them influencers. I I don't right. call like I literally I literally call uh, like a perfect example because Matt is here, right? Yep. The two Matt Matt one I call him I call him the weed you know the the wicked bur bourbon kid, right? Because he makes bourbon fun for people that are watching his channel. Like I. Yep used to watch Matt, like the first three weeks ATSC bourbon was on, I was the one sharing the link to mm -hmm. people. I said, I know whiskey, but this guy, that was when he didn't even have his sign in the back. He right. was just sitting like in a living room set. I just sit there and I go, okay. It's like getting tickled by someone in whiskey because I'm like, this guy is fucking killer because right. He destroys everything all the snobs of whiskey will ever feel about, right? He's the wicked kid of it. But when I look at him, I always say his specialty, if I want to talk, if somebody say, build me a dream team of people you want. If he say, bring me influencers, influencers are people that are looking for, uh, uh, give me a, what do you call it? Uh, give me a code, right? Mm -hmm. Give me a code. Uh, I would take a, 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 an affiliated code and I will also take like, guys, I've tried this, this whiskey. You can buy it at www.com. Use code hood sommelier. So you right. can really do this just like me. That's influencers. It became mm -hmm. the happy thing of the internet. But this, this is way too serious because obviously we're in a regulated business, right? You can't just come in and go buy this and be okay or buy this thing. Y'all will know when I become an influencer because all the brands, you know, that <laughs> actually ask me for a hat, when you ask me for a shirt, ask me to actually wear something from them mm -hmm. or, you know, guy, this type of glass or, you know, this type of magazine, then I'm an influencer. Why? Mm -hmm. I'll be like, well, I'm an influencer that just so happened to be a whiskey expert. But when you, you want to talk about Freddie, no, Rachel Berry, all these people, we call all these people name. Everybody give them a specific name. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, dude, this is what they do. So if I'm going to call Tim, I'll be like, go, Tim. Oh, he's a bar manager. He's blah, blah. He's a whiskey educator. Go to his bar. He, you'll learn some shit. Yeah. So that's the reason why I don't want it to be bucket into an, an agent because I, I was talking last last week on Monday sucks about are you worth a bottle? Yep. Because the influencer game is that. Let me send you some makeup so you can put it on and come on and you can talk about I'll give you an affiliated quote. Yeah. Let me, you have, let you me, absolutely were stepping all over my toes. I just want you to know that. I did catch that part. Um, because Tim will know when I was in the bar with him, I had had it was the first time I'd had a brand reach out and be like, hey. We'd love to have, love to come on and be interviewed and talk about what we're doing. We'd also love to send you something. I'm like, cool, yeah. Now they haven't asked me for anything. They just sent out a sample, but I'll have them on. We'll talk about whatever they've got going on. And if I like what they like, they have, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But they're not gonna pay me anything for it. And I'm like, oh, shit, now Jack's making me feel bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but no, here's the thing. Yeah, no, I, I know what yeah, you're, I know you what understand. Point you was, understand but I'm like, that because, yeah. yeah, because. Now, you know, the answer is always uh, an influencer is more like, I will tell you right now, I'm sure anybody here can relate. I've done so much free work and free advertisement for these brands. 
if I was an influencer, every time somebody sent me something or want to send me something, I'm going to ask them for three things. One, where's my contract? Two, what's my affiliated code? And three, what's my percentage that I'm getting? That's what it's going to be. Because right. you are an influencer because you want to push the market of a product forward. Right. But we out here giving this, this knowledge and thing for free every week. Yeah. And guess what? None of us ever called, you know, Heaven Hill, Mictors, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 you know, Chattanooga, Spirit of French Lake, you know, anybody and go, hey, this is how much I cost to do this. This is the proof. Uh, this is my percentage. This is my affiliated thing. We don't do that. So when we want to partner with you and you're going to pay us to actually take our knowledge and the size of people that follow us and bring it on front, mm -hmm. this is you paying us what we are worth. What we a W a W set uh, a W set uh, certification is five hundred and eighty dollars. Mm -hmm. Literally, did you pay that? No. What I know, you you didn't you didn't participate. It's like you going to it's like someone going to work and say I have a bachelor degree and I qualify for a job and you go oh we got John Blow in the corner that doesn't have a bachelor degree but he say he knows everything about his job right. and he don't want anything for it and you're like. Like, doesn't make no goddamn sense. Right. Yeah. So don't put me in a bucket with influencers. Mm -hmm. Respect me for the knowledge that I have first. And then, right, I'm telling y'all, you know, once I get these six packs, y'all can call me an influencer because I'm just <laughs> going to be out here just asking everybody, you know, a sports brand, every brand to just sponsor me so I can look all decked up before I come here. Yeah, and see that—that's how you're gonna get me too, because you're, you're gonna be like, "This is the long con." Is like Jack's building <laughs> an influential community, and then he's gonna sell out here at the end, and we're all just gonna be decked out in whatever Jack's flag is. We're gonna be sold, you know, through through the nose. But, you know, I guess the the point of what I'm I've been trying to do is. I want to provide the identity of the brands that people are buying. Like what information can I give you about this as the common consumer? And so I'm on board whenever this company says, Hey, you want to interview? Yeah. I want to ask some questions. I want to find out who you guys are. So the next time that, you know, uh, old Jim down the road is standing at the liquor store and he sees that bottle, he might know something about whoever this is, as opposed to kind of going in blind because, one of the things that I've identified being in a liquor store, if you don't know anything about whiskey and you're standing in front of the shelf, man, it's scary as hell. You don't know what to do. It's like the first time that uh, I had a girlfriend in high school that sent me to the, to the, to the, uh, to the pharmacy to pick up a box of tampons for, I didn't know what to do. Cause I had no idea what was what, I don't know what your brand or color or style. I, I don't know any of these things. And that's what like new whiskey people feel. And so that was kind of the point of it. But you said something, Jack, you said, even Chattanooga, like, have you? Are you guys patched up now? Like, you're you're, you're okay oh, with Chattanooga? No. Are y'all like, no, 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 okay? No. I, when you threw the name in there, I'm like, oh well, there's some there's some new I, friendship here. You know what? I'm, I I I said this and I said this again. The bottle of their mead. <laughs> they still owe me money. Sitting there, sixty nine ninety nine plus tax plus shipping is eighty nine ninety nine. They still owe me that money before we start any sort of conversation. Um. Have you sent an email and been like, hey, I need my money back? Have you tried that? I yet? never hate on any whiskey brand, but he took everything out of me not to send Chattanooga whiskey an email to say, you guys owe me money uh, because all that stuff you guys put out uh, that I bought, it was way too young, did not sit on my palate. Some of them was disaster of an experiment. 
and I don't want y'all to make me an experiment. Uh, just give me good whiskey. Now, I will tell you right now, I fell on my sword when we did a turning table, or what is it? Bourbon turntable. Bourbon turntable. I fell yep. on my sword. He sent me the Chattanooga Bonded, and Lord behold, it was good whiskey. So they waited four and a half <laughs> the years. The funny thing about that is he had no idea. Like, I know. Had no idea your no. qualms with with Chattanooga. Like I, I thoroughly I like I chuckled to myself because I watched them. Like I like what they're doing, and at some point in time I'm gonna be like, hey, you guys, I want to come talk about music and whiskey. But whenever they brought that, I was like, oh no, oh no, what's about to happen? Because I'm watching <laughs> it. <and> I'm like, <laughs> it was truly one of those things where I was like, oh my god, you know what? I'm falling on my sword. And I'm I'm a big big of a man to actually say you know right. what it was good whiskey, you guys did this one well, but everything else I bought three years ago from y'all is not it, it was mm -hmm. not it at all. So and was that just let I me mean, were they I don't I, I don't know the timetable here but were they just young at that point in time and just I think they were just very them? young because I have that 1816 mm -hmm. and I have their experimental barrel and I have another bottle somewhere and the stupid thing is. I bought plenty of the barrel just believing in them, right? right? Like, hey, this is a new brand coming in. You have to believe in them. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. I haven't opened those bottles ever. I'm waiting for someone to piss me off and ask me for a bottle of whiskey and be like, guess what? I got something for you. <laughs> here's a, well, I know here's if a, you ever offer me some Chattanooga whiskey, I have done fucked up bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get Chattanooga whiskey from me, you're on. Hey, I got some Chattanooga whiskey for well, shit. I just better not. That's here's here's another great example of that. Okay, Jeff the Creed. Mm -hmm. Their their four grain. It's like two and a half ish year. I hated. It. I mm -hmm. was honest with them. I I knew someone who worked there and was like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are trying to do. But whatever's in that bottle is not for me. I don't want anything to do with it. And they came out with the bonded. This was not sent to me. I bought this with my own money. I love bottled and bond. I'm always hunting for bottled and bond whiskey. I saw this and I was like, well, shit, I'll give it a try. And I love this. I think this is fucking great. I'm excited to see what they're doing as we go forward. But that four grain, nah, man, that's not it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting it. to see as brands grow, right? And so that's, that's like one of the things that I'm doing. Like I've got Bardstown and, and I don't have the Discovery Series. I have the Fusion Series from one sure. to six. I'm missing number three. That's the only one I'm missing. But because I want to see from the first one they put out, which was, you know, a mixture of their distillate and somebody else's all the way until they finally have a bottle of entirely their own distillate. Like I want to walk that progression because – Number one is not going to be nearly as good as number four or five or six or seven or the final bottle, but it's interesting to learn. But like folks like Jeff the Creed, what I think that to some degree they're the future of whiskey because they're they have the ability when they have access to their own farm to try out new variants of corn, new variants of rye, new variants of whatever by growing it themselves. It's a good thing that mirror is not any lower, right? Did this happen again? <laughs> Anyways, they have the ability to test out experiments that big distillers don't because a big distiller, like we, I was on uh, uh, a tasting with Lisa Wicker a couple weeks ago, and she was just looking for somebody in New York to grow rye. 
because she doesn't have access to a farm. She wants to find rye in New York so she can do an empire rye. But if you have your own farm, you can try whatever you want to whenever you want to. And that's where the experimental phase of whiskey is like really, really interesting for me. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, so Jeeper had a question for you guys. Matt did. And his say? was, where do you want to be in two years, whiskey-wise? Oh, um, man. I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of time and I'll answer. I hope I'm doing exactly this. I mean, realistically, this is a this is a thing that I just enjoy doing. I have a career doing something completely different, which is far less interesting. But as long as I'm still having conversations with people, doesn't really matter where they are in the industry. If I find them interesting and they agree to have that conversation, that's what success looks like for me in two years, no matter what. Now, maybe I'll have a better camera and a better lighting system and my room won't be 800 damn degrees like it is tonight. Um, but that largely doesn't matter because it doesn't impact the, the conversation. I would say in two years, I hope Fred Minnick is worried about me. <laughs> I I will I will I will piggyback off that and say the same thing um is because since I've since I've been here in Louisville mm -hmm. I've been I've been gunning for what he's doing and not that I can do it better but you can do it different I I can I'm going to do it different mm -hmm. and um I, I want to have, um, I want to just be able to go somewhere and be like, "Hey, I'm here. Let's drink some whiskey and let's talk about it." Right. Just, just like a like a pop media like, recognition as soon as you show up to a place. Absolutely. Like it's it's the best way I know how to describe it is in the tattoo industry, um, guest spots. Right. So like mm -hmm. you you're a tattoo artist and you've reached a certain level of acclaim and now you can travel the U S or travel the world and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Amsterdam. I'm going to go to Amsterdam for two weeks and I'm going to be at this tattoo shop. Come get tattooed by me. Mm -hmm. Same, same kind of concept. I'm going to be in Florida for three days. I'm going to be at this bar. Come hang I'm out. On. Let's talk about, let's talk about whiskey and let's, let's, you know, let's do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go I'm here. Hoping, I'm going to go there. I'm hoping I actually, as as he's doing that there there, and I'll be happy for for Tim while he's doing that because personally, I I'll probably be working on a on a personal project of mine in whiskey somewhere in a different continent. We've had Jack and I. You've had a we've had a conversation about this. I'm that's yeah that's your. I'm not going to ask your what one, but do you have the con you have the continent picked? I assume at this yeah. point. Yep, yeah, he okay. sure does. I'd say that's what your ten year plan. No, five year five, plan. Five year, year. Pl five year plan. Okay, five year plan. The goal I is we have to expand it out to five years. Like if we go out to five years, I hope I'm like Powerball retired at that point. You know, <laughs> like I, I told Alan the exact same thing. You know, we've we've always had this discussion at work. Like you know, if you hit the the half a billion dollar Powerball, like what do you do with that money? And I was like, you know, I would absolutely 100%. I would purchase a distillery. I would hire Alan to be my master distiller. I would hire Nancy Fraley to be my master blender taster. And I would just run that until all the money was gone, just, <laughs> just until it's completely gone or we're wildly successful. But either way, it'll be a hell of a ride. I will. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I will, 
if half a billion, definitely I will be somewhere, you know, making making great whiskey for people. Uh you know, but the funny thing is I'll be dealing, I'll actually will be dealing in another business that I have to do with whiskey. I'll be dealing in steels, barrels, mm-hmm. and cooperage. That's definitely where I'll be dealing in. I mean, there, there's a future in cooperage because it's going to get tough in the next right. 20 or 30 years. I mean, right. at some point in time, unless the demand for whiskey and wine goes down, we start running out of available resources for barrels. And and that's one thing I have to remind people is as you're drinking, you have to keep that in mind that, you know, we are we are out here, you know, in Scotland, they are getting to that point where their good age stocks are also getting to that point right. where they're almost unintentable, you know, unintentable. But here we are also getting to that point where some of these barrels are going to be one of a kind and mm-hmm. the price is going to be so up there that you buying the same juice, you know, five, 10 years, five years ago, even like, dude, I'm sitting here right now and I'm looking at my own collection and I'm like, I have bookers from 2013 or 12. No, that juice is impossible to ever have ever again. Correct. And I'm holding a piece of history in my hand because that is, you know, 10 years from now, you know, 10 years from now, that's a 20 year old, you know, juice that is out there that I can never, ever dream to even find. You know, so. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I had this, I'd, I had this discussion with Alan as well and talking about, you know, whiskey from 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. We can never recreate that. And, and, and just for the simplest reason is that the wood that they were using for those barrels would be called old, old growth wood. And that yeah. doesn't exist in North America anymore, largely. And, you know, we're out, we're all after, you know, North American white oak, of whatever type. So the way that whiskey ages in those barrels is different than what it is now. Your, your lignin contents, your ring growth, your, all of that is significantly different and it's just going to get worse because we're farming trees now. And so, the patterns become more standardized. The, the the wood all starts to look the same. We're trying to make it grow faster. And faster doesn't equal better uh, in just about anything, specifically whiskey. No, I think I think that actually even showed or showed, like, personally, just from my experience, Tim is the reason why I realized that as well. Mm-hmm. Because he's a dusty collector. Yep. So some of these whiskeys of my, you know, he Tim, one of the greatest things, if you are a friend with Tim, is that if it's your birthday, there's a chance he have the year that right. you were born wild turkey and a dusty. And when he served me in 1984, wild turkey, I'm like, shut the fuck up, get out of here, <laughs> twist my nipple and pour me a double. That's literally, you know, how I felt at that time. And yep. that juice is impeccable, right? Impeccable compared to what we have here. If that juice at that time may have been a 10 or 15, you know, uh, six, seven, eight years or 15 years weather type of wood and that, but the taste of it is way year, light years ahead of the whiskey we have in that. Yep. You can look at it this way too, is like I could buy a plot of land and plant a bunch of oak and say, none of this oak can be touched for 30 years. 
and make barrels out of it. And then you still have to let that whiskey age. Let's say, let's say right. I want an eight year product. Guess what? I'm probably not going to be able to taste any of that shit. I oh, mean, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe, but like we're, we're even, even if we set ourselves up to grow this industry, like down the future, like, you know, ahead, looking ahead, there's, we're not going to get to drink any of that shit. No, no. Who, who said it? Was it Freddie? No. Was it Freddie? No. Or was it, uh, was it, uh, uh, Freddie Johnson? In the duck in the in the Netflix documentary. Oh, it was um it he's was, the it one was, who it was Johnson. Yep. Yes, yep. most distillers will not get to the chance to taste whiskey they're barreling now. They're, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, they do can only be lucky enough that things that you're barreling now you'll get a chance to taste those at their optimal maturation of 25, 30, or 40 years old. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the thing that always makes like, I find like super interesting is I look at you know, like Jim Beam when they came out with their signature craft series, right? That was in 2006, seven, we'll just say, I think it was around 2006 or 2007, but that was 12 year old whiskey that they did an experiment with brown rice or three row weed or whatever else. I have, I have, which four, is, I have four of them here. Yeah, I've got the I've got a brown rice one over here, but they did they did that experiment as far as growing the crop and distilling the spirit at least six years before the um whiskey boom hit when nobody yeah. wanted whiskey. Like they were trying out things like that, which is just contra like how do you pre- it's trading in futures, but not like trading in futures like commodity futures. You're trading in futures that is six, 10, 12, 15, 20 years down the road. Absolutely. We talked, we talked, uh, we talked about this on Monday sucks with Bardstown bourbon company and in reference to their founders edition. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they had whiskey that was aged. Let's say the barrels that they pulled and they gave to founders were was three-year-old whiskey. Okay. Then they gave that barrel to founders or how many barrels it was. They gave them to founders and they put their stout in that barrel and it sat for however long. Let's say it sat for a year. A year, right? It's mm-hmm. a, it's a year, okay. Then founders took that barrel and gave it back to Bardstown Bourbon Company, and bourbon sat in that barrel for eighteen months. Right. We're talking two and a half, almost three years of a project of something you were talking about before we were even talking about doing a founders collaboration. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's like to actually think about that. There, I had like this aha moment. I was like, oh fuck. This has been in the works. This isn't well, just something. Right. This isn't just something you were guys like, hey, you know, it would be fucking cool if we did. No, yeah. Well, are... the thing is, like, it, it's not even just that. Like, it's somebody has the idea, then they have to pitch it to the business and make it make sense. So, like, Todd Leopold is is a prime example of that, right? His three chamber rye, which is polarizing. Some people are like, it's terrible, and some people are like, it's amazing, but. He had to start with building a brand new still for it and then finding the right type of right. Like this is the forethought that goes into some of these things. And this is where you start appreciating um, these folks that are taking these kind of risks. Like there's a lot of people that just sort of shit on finished whiskey. You know, we're finishing it in a, a secondary barrel and rightfully so, because some people are putting it in there for a month. <laughs> two months, three months, whatever. Well, they're not, using, they're using that. I'm uh 
Right. We're, no, we're not going to get into it. But they may I, I'm getting but, the bat signal on my site already. So let's, <laughs> let's not get into that because you I, have people that will do it right. Like Bardstown. Bardstown yeah. has done a series of finishes. I've got their prisoner. I've got a five for Pavit. You know, the yeah. Ferrand was, I think, one of the best whiskeys that I had in 2021. Um, you know, it was just a great finish, right? It was a great finish. But these are just like long-term visions that somebody came up with and then someone else finally agreed to financially. Absolutely. It's such a it's such a weird thing. Like when you really break it down like that and you think about it, you're like, fuck, somebody believed in this. Somebody believed yeah. enough in this to fund it. Here's one more. I'll, I'll throw this one more example for you. Tabasco, okay? Tabasco <laughs> hot sauce, okay? Right? What was it? Like the late 1800s when it started? Can mm-hmm. you imagine? So, first of all, before a product is ready from Tabasco, three years, okay? Three years. Could you imagine back then going to an investor be like, hey, got this fucking great idea. I got this fucking this pepper mash. I'm going to make my right. own hot sauce. It's going to revolutionize the, the, the world for, for flavor. That sounds great. Oh, okay, well, it's going to be three years. Right. Three years until I have a product to give to you. This is going to sound very wide of me, but I I feel like like an Asian company has to be involved in that, right? They have to be there from the beginning because they understood long-term fermenting and its, and its concept and how it imparted flavor to spicy things. So you think about sriracha, you think about kimchi, you think about things that are just have just been around forever. Just soy like, sauce even, like, yeah. Right, soy the, like, I didn't know how soy sauce was made until how it's made came out. And then I learned and I'm like, holy shit, this process, yeah. like yeah. it had to be somebody. Like if you're talking 1800, like they had to be like, no, we do this all the time. Come on. we'll do Because <laughs> nobody else is thinking like that, at least not in North America. Absolutely. Especially not then. No. No. But but now I feel like that that paradigm has shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now people are like, hey, let's do. Hey, in, in like five years, I got. I got this great fucking thing coming back. Let's let's start it now. Correct. But then sometimes it goes far and goes too far, and you end up with whiskey in a Tabasco barrel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I, I was hoping you don't say that. But when he started off with Tabasco, I thought that's what he was gonna go yeah, into. Like, don't, don't, make like, don't make me go pull my bottle out of the oh, no, 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 bar. No. <laughs> it may have a purpose in a mixed drink, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's if it's you want to abuse your mouth, it's still a Sunday. It's still a Sunday afternoon for me. Or Sunday night for me right now. That is absolutely terrible. <laughs> All right, before we run too much longer here, do you guys have anything y'all want to plug aside from Monday night, Monday sucks? Uh, make sure you go subscribe to Hood Sommelier uh, on uh, on uh, on Facebook. Uh, hopefully, this by the end of this week, I'll be announcing uh, the date of Afrofusion DC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a party. Uh, we found a, a beautiful location where shit's. I'll happening. be there, and uh, I'll be there. And uh, what? Uh, what else? Um, from my side here, uh, keep an eye on my on my Instagram. I'm bringing on. Uh, you guys are the first to hear this. I am bringing on um, uh, Victoria Butler, master blender of uh, awesome of uh, uh, Uncle Nearest. Uh, this. Uh, I'm bringing her on, on for on in in March, pretty much. I do Irish whiskeys, and I do um, obviously a uh, Women History Month. So I bring on women in the industry. 
there's three or four of the women that I'll be bringing before the end of the month. As yeah. well. so I'm trying to sneak tuned. Morgan in before the end of the month as well. <laughs> Stay tuned and uh, you get to experience by the 10th is when I'm bringing Victoria and it'll be at 4 p.m. Uh, yeah, 4 p.m. Uh, Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's what we'll be, we'll be checking. You, you absolutely know I'll be there. So what do you got yeah, going on, Tim? You got anything to plug? For out? me, just yeah, for me, just keep an eye on my Instagram. I'm doing 30 days of bonded whiskey. Uh, we we did day four today. I'm just tearing through some bonded whiskey. Found some found some cool stuff that I didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. and uh, some other cool shit that you didn't maybe you didn't even know could be bonded. So, <laughs> which remind me, I, I have to send you something uh, in Nebraska. Uh, Breakaway, our local distillery, did a five-year American whiskey bonding. Okay, so is, is Breakaway legit? So my, my family is doing, we're doing the great uh, family go west road trip this summer. And right. our goal is to leave here. We're going to Kansas City. Then we're going to cut up, cut up through Omaha, go to South Dakota, go over to Rushmore, come back through Nebraska. and just Breakaway, Breakaway is legit. Zach, Zach is that's what, immediately I'm like, all right, can I find a distillery in every state? Because <laughs> yeah, Brickway is amazing. Is they mm-hmm. they came up with amazing stuff, and uh, I'm uh, yeah, I, I for their eight year anniversary this year in in February, uh, they had an eight year. When you were talking about bonded, it didn't even click on me. It's a five year American whiskey in a sherry oak sherry cask bonded. Very cool. Very cool. All right, I'm gonna give you guys one last question to answer. Did you did you cover what you needed to, Tim, or did I stop you? Oh, no, okay. you're great. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and it, follow me, we, follow I mean, me. We, on we can keep going, but we're at like an hour and forty, and Jack's looking a little tired. I'm seeing some tired eyes. Here. No, 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 no. A bad signal. It's Sunday. Is is family day? So yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I, like I said, I'm, I'm stealing time for your family. Um, <laughs> So uh, Matt had one other question, Bourbon Jeeper Matt, not ADHD Matt. So that that's going to get confusing, and I hate referring to people by their like their their social media handle. Like I know the both of their real names. Uh, so if you look back on what you've done so far in the whiskey world, what's the one thing you would have done differently? Oh shit, man! I can I can I can answer that. I can answer that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I would have paid more attention to who I listened to and who I put trust into because when I was starting off there, I, I tarnished my name for, for a lot of people and some people still don't want anything to do with me and that's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can grow and you can change, but I wish I would have paid more attention to who I listened to. That that would be my biggest thing. Is 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 slow down a little bit. Be be uh, be quicker to listen than than to speak. Mm-hmm. And and that's just not in this. That's just with anything. Right. I I wish I would have. The, the the things that I've learned in the last like two years, I wish that I would have had it for my whole life. I, I wish I would have been a whole lot a whole lot slower to speak and, and quicker to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have done it the reverse way. 
I, I went and met the distillers, met the people that I know now first before I actually started mm. my channel. Mm. I've done it the opposite way. Mm. Yeah. And I think mine's slightly different than y'all, so I'll answer to it. Matt, I, don't th I think Matt was asking you guys, but I'm going to answer anyways. I would have started earlier, right? So, you know, it, this is, you can get into this, this idea that, number one, the whiskey whatever marketplace is already saturated. Everybody's already doing all the things. Um, there's no reason for you to be there. And, and you sort of said this, Tim, is that, you know, not everybody has to necessarily like you. So the idea is that you're not everyone's cup of tea, but you're probably someone's cup of tea. And, and, and thinking about it for far too long, I wanted to start doing this nine months before I did, yeah. but I did the let's analyze this thing. And I analyzed it in the dust. And finally I was like, just, just do something, man. Just like start doing something. Um, and it's sort of maybe contradictory. What you're saying, Jack, is you would have been different about how you started, but mm -hmm. Um, there's a bunch of people out there. I think that probably have a unique voice and a, and a unique opportunity, and it's not completely full. Like there, there's enough room for more people. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's some that's summarize it. Tomorrow I'll be putting a quote that has to do with this. Okay. Well, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to steal your stuff. Man. That's gonna make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm stealing something. I'm sure it'll be stated far more eloquently. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so I'm gonna I'm gonna boot you guys here in just a second, but I appreciate both of y'all being here tonight. We've ran an hour and forty minutes. It's exactly <laughs> what I expected. I had enough questions to run thirty minutes, but I don't usually worry about that. And if you saw me looking down a bunch, I take notes and come no, back and ask other questions. I, to run you did way. you did the greatest thing on this show. <laughs> Matt ADHD actually responded to my right. DM. Hey, so, you know if if you've got a platform, great came out of this show. Yeah. It's like the the call that I was on with Lisa, she was looking for somebody, Lisa Wicker, she was looking for somebody to grow rye for her in New York. And I work in ag tech and I know some people that work in New York that work with farmers. And so I'm like, hey, let me put you in touch with these people. Maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. But that's what this type of an industry is about is you just happen to to make a connection with somebody and I'm going to try to help where I can. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Um, appreciate you guys for being here. Look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night. I'm going to stick you all in the green room, close it out. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me tonight or today or whenever you happen to catch this. I hope you found this episode entertaining. I truly enjoy any time I get to spend with Jack and Tim. Um, it's always a great time. Um, if you did enjoy this, please leave a review on whatever platform you are consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible. Um, hit me up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Embellish Pod is where I am, TikTok as well. Um, you can give me a follow, see what's going on. It can be found on my website is www.embellishpod.com. All of my links, accounts, contact details and uh, I'll be back again next week with another new offering for you. So until then, cheers and thanks for hanging out.